It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a Tuesday podcast, Tuesdays with Trey. Hope you had a great weekend. I had to think about whether or not to do what I'm going to do today, which is talk about politics. The race for 2024 has begun, whether I wanted it to or not. I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, I guess Christmas. There's this hotel in Pigeon Forge that my wife likes. I think it's maybe called the Christmas Inn. It is literally Christmas every single day. It would drive me insane. But I guess if you like Christmas, that's a good place to go. And if you like politics, you're in the right country because we just closed the books on the midterms. And here we are again. It's a year round sport. I mean, part of the reason I love college football, I guess, is because we don't have it year round. It's just a few months. And then we have to wait, which to me makes it more special. But we don't have to wait on politics anymore. It's all the time, even when there's like no reason for it to be. And even when it's not particularly helpful or informative. So just after the midterms, a former President Trump announced he was running for what would be the third time, third uh, campaign for the presidency. And now he has company on the Republican side, former South Carolina governor and ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, announced she, too, is running. Uh, I think what made the news was probably a call for a competency test for people over a certain age. But she also had a call for, I guess, a new generation of leaders, which I view those two things as separate. But I'll let you make up your mind. For those hoping for a high-minded debate about the size and scope and role and competency of government, you will probably be disappointed. Political debate in this country is often replaced with one-liners and nicknames and tweets and some not very subtle innuendo. They give us, it seems like, all the reasons not to vote for other people, but not all that many reasons to act in the affirmative. I'm going to keep my opinions on the desired result to myself. And what I mean by that, I mean, we got to figure out what we're looking for in a candidate. You don't need me to tell you what you're looking for in a candidate. So I'm going to keep the result, what result I reach to myself. But the process, I think, is fair to talk about. But I'm out of the endorsing business. I've I've done it before. And what I learned is a couple of things. Uh, Number one, nobody cares what I think uh, about who they should vote for, nor should they. Uh, We're a participatory democracy, and therefore, We got to figure these things out for ourselves. And secondarily, and closely aligned with that, is if someone doesn't know which issues are most important to us, how in the world could they possibly tell us who to vote for? So, your number one issue may be like my fifth most important issue. So, unless someone knows exactly what you are looking for in a mayor or a state senator or a district attorney, I I don't know how in the world they could think their endorsement was going to move you. So, Um, I'm out of that business. Um, I've made those mistakes in the past. And even though I don't always learn from my mistakes, I certainly learn from this one. So 
the fact that I mentioned names doesn't mean anything about a result. Um, I want to talk about the process, and sometimes the process does require uh, naming names. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, um, with whom I had the pleasure of serving on two committees in the House, uh, Oversight and Judiciary, hasn't even announced his plans for 2024, but that has not stopped some people from attacking him. And when I say some people, I don't mean like the normal cast of characters, the New York Times or the Washington Post. This most recent attack came from a a failed Republican gubernatorial candidate in Arizona. And what was stunning, well, lots of it was stunning to me. But one thing that was stunning to me is it wasn't three months ago that she thought Ron DeSantis was the best thing since sliced bread or Vokey wedges or fill in the blank, just the best thing in the world is what she thought he was. And now three months have passed. And near as I can tell, Ron hadn't changed any. But now, according to her, he's been endorsed by George Soros, which, of course, is not true. But that didn't keep her from saying it or retweeting someone who did say it. And, you know, that that ain't an out. I'm sorry. Saying, well, I didn't say it. Someone else did. Nah, well, you know, you propagated it. And that ain't good either. And then a Republican member of Congress referred to Nikki Haley as, quote, a bush in heels. Uh, It was not a compliment, um, but it is worth noting, I think, the last two presidents who won both the Electoral College and the popular vote were probably already know this, but I'll say it anyway. Their last names were Bush and Bush. Oh, it's true. You don't have to win the popular vote to win the presidency. It's also true. There is no rule against it. There's nothing wrong with trying to present your message in a way that turns off the fewest number of people. Plenty of folks are not going to vote for you based on your beliefs or what you would do or how you would do it. I mean, you just have fundamental differences. I I got friends in my hometown that have never voted for me for anything. Uh, Well, maybe for district attorney, but certainly not Congress. Absolutely did not vote for me for Congress. And yet they're still friends. I still talk to them at the grocery store. They talk to me. We talk about issues. I mean, doesn't mean you can't like be decent to someone or try to plant the seed that there is a better way. And maybe that seed begins to grow. And over the course of time, who knows, maybe they will wind up voting for you. That's not true with lots of people. Sometimes you just got nothing in common and it's just it's not going to happen. But The notion that it would be an insult to be a president who won both the popular vote and the Electoral College, I just just found that to be stunning. And then there was an article in The New York Times recently about whether or not Senator Tim Scott would run for president. And in fairness to The New York Times, they did call me. And in fairness to me, I did not call them back. And that's true for many reasons, uh, including the reality that the New York Times last endorsed a Republican for president before I was born. So it's not like they like Tim Scott and me calling them back certainly wasn't going to change that. Plus, my recent experience with the New York Times has been the article has already been written. They just need to check some box of having talked to some folks on the other side of the aisle. So I didn't call him back, Uh, but I haven't called anyone back that's called about presidential politics. Um, I did read the story. They quoted a so-called political consultant from the upstate of South Carolina who said he saw no path 
for Tim Scott. No path for a United States senator who won his reelection overwhelmingly. No path for a politician with unprecedentedly high approval rating. I have never seen approval ratings like Tim Scott has in South Carolina. A no path for a man who has been underestimated his entire life, but keeps winning. So this political consultant from the town I was born in, the town I used to represent in Congress, the town I used to work in, right next door, Greenville, South Carolina. I knew the name sounded familiar. Um, It was a political consultant that had actually weighed in on my own race for Congress in 2010. You know, my wife keeps telling me the Bible says you should forgive people 70 times, seven times. And to me, that means 490 times. She says it's like a metaphor for you have to keep doing it. it there is no like n- numerical limit. It does not mean 490 times. It means you just got to keep doing it is what she said. But you'll be able to tell by what I'm about to say that I had reached my 491st time with this particular person. So I went back and, and, and refreshed my recollection on his assessment of, of my own bid for Congress, which in no way, shape, or form compares to a run for president. But he didn't like my campaign. He did not like the way I was running the campaign. He gave me very, very little chance of winning. He said I had no plans, was long on rhetoric, and probably couldn't win because I was from the smaller of the two counties. So no path for me, no path for Tim Scott. I think we all we all should maybe pitch in and, and get a pair of glasses for this consultant. Um, I, I actually wound up winning that race for Congress by nearly 70% to 30%. And Tim Scott has managed to find a path to winning statewide overwhelmingly three times. So, so much for the expertise of political consultants who can't see a path. Maybe you ought to get out of your office and go find the path. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy podcast. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. 
Which then makes me wonder who exactly is an expert when it comes to politics. We read all these stories and we read about political scientists. The newspapers in my part of the world love to quote political science professors who literally could not get elected to anything. I mean, they couldn't get elected on the Democrat side. They couldn't get elected on the Republican side. They couldn't get elected if they started a third party. They are quintessentially unelectable. And yet that's who the newspapers turn to when they want to write stories about politics, is they talk to a group of people who cannot and could not possibly do what the story is about, which is winning an election. Uh, Or they talk to so-called consultants uh, who last consulted um, on the presidential campaign for Millard Fillmore. And I can't remember the last time some of these consultants um, actually were correct. All the handicapping and so-called experts weighing in on a topic they know no more about uh, than you and I do, and maybe less. So it will be up to us who has a path and who does not. It's definitely too early to be listening to so-called political consultants who don't know anything. It's actually always too early to be listening to them. But it's not too early uh, to be listening to ourselves, what we want. What we think the country needs or the state needs, what what we would like in a national leader. It's to me the perfect time to reflect on not only the presidents of yesteryear, but also on what we want, what we really want in a president going forward and why we seem to so infrequently get what it is we say we want. Great nations, great people should have great leaders. We really should demand great leaders, but I mean, who wants to run in this environment? I mean, good governors are criticized by their own teammates, consultants from South Carolina see no path for a United States senator who has done nothing but charter path for the past two decades. So let's forget them and let's remember ourselves. Remember yourself. And when I think of the presidents, many of us admire. Two come to mind, at least on my side of the aisle, Ronald Reagan and Abraham Lincoln. I don't know who comes to mind on the other side of the aisle. I could probably guess, but I'll stick with what I know. Ronald Reagan, Abraham Lincoln, come to mind. I was actually at President Reagan's um, presidential library a couple of weeks ago in California, standing at his burial place. He is buried uh, beside his wife, Nancy, the former first lady, and you look in one direction, and if the weather is really, really good, you can see the Pacific Ocean. And you look the other direction, and you can see mountains. It is a majestic, beautiful sight. And I know now why he wanted to be laid to rest there, so he could look out towards the Pacific Ocean. But I was wondering whether he would even win the nomination today. You go look at the numbers, the staggering numbers by which he won. Staggering. I'm not even sure he could win the nomination today. I'm afraid he would be considered too optimistic, too hopeful for America. And Lincoln, I'm afraid Lincoln would have also no chance to win the nomination. I think his modesty, his humility uh, would do him in. I do hear voters say they want a fighter. You actually don't need to follow politics to see a fighter. You don't need a presidential primary to see a fighter. You can go to a bar or a 
increasingly a high school basketball game or an NFL football game and sit in the stands and you'll see a fight. I mean, you can go to the mall and see a fight. I'd like to see a thinker, um, someone who knows when to fight. And more importantly, I would argue someone who actually has deeply held convictions about precisely what it is he or she is fighting for. And I would love to see someone who just tried once again, the art of persuasion. You know, you can fight your way to a very small electoral college victory. You can probably fight and persuade your way to a mandate, a sweeping landslide. Ronald Reagan won every state but one. Let that sink in. Every state except Minnesota. I think he did it by knowing when to fight, who to fight, and it wasn't his own teammates. I mean, he's the author of the 11th commandment. Do not speak ill over about fellow Republicans. Boy, there's very, there are very few of the commandments. That's not a real commandment, but there are very few of them broken more than that one. So could someone like Ronald Reagan win again? Could someone with the humility of an Abraham Lincoln win again? Well, not if they can't win the nomination of their party. Could they win a general election? We'll never know because they'd have to win the nomination of their party. So before we ask what the country wants and needs, we can ask the question of a smaller sample size. What and who do the parties want to put forward? Before you get to the general, you got the primaries. So what and who do the parties want to put forward? Hope you have a great week. I'll see you next Tuesday. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.